Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of thyroglossal duct cyst from the endocrine section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a brief introduction. A thyroglossal duct cyst is an embryological remnant of the migratory path of the thyroid from the tongue base. It occurs due to arrested endodermal migration from the pharyngeal floor. It is usually located in the midline neck. Note that it is often close to the hyoid bone. And also, they often go unnoticed until they get infected in association with an upper respiratory tract infection. The histology of an infected cyst would show follicular cells surrounding colloid admixed with neutrophilic infiltrate. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including the physical exam findings of a thyroglossal duct cyst. On physical exam, there would be palpation of a midline mass. The mass moves with protrusion of the tongue and swallowing. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential here would be persistent cervical sinus, which is also known as pharyngeal cleft cyst. The differentiating factor here would be that it involves a lateral neck mass anterior to the sternocleidomastoid muscle, and it does not move with protrusion of the tongue and swallowing. The treatment involves surgical excision of the mass. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a 9-year-old boy is brought to a pediatrician for evaluation after he was recently adopted from abroad. He has an unclear past medical history, though there is some concern that he may have developmental delay. On presentation, he is found to have a midline mass. The mass feels firm on palpation, though no tenderness is elicited. The mass also elevates when the boy swallows or sticks out his tongue. Which of the following most accurately describes the cause of this patient's mass? 1. Anomaly of the second branchial cleft. 2. Congenital malformation of lymphatic cavities. 3. Failure of the thyroid to descend. 4. Lack of iodine intake during childhood. Or 5. Persistence of endodermal remnant. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, persistence of endodermal remnant. This patient with a firm, painless midline neck mass that elevates with swallowing most likely has a thyroglossal duct cyst, which occurs due to persistence of the endodermal remnant from thyroid migration. Remember, thyroglossal duct cysts are caused by arrested endodermal migration from the pharyngeal floor. This migration is normally responsible for the descent of the thyroid from the base of the tongue to its adult position under the thyroid cartilage. When the migratory pathway fails to obliterate, a residual mass can be found in the midline neck close to the hyoid bone. This mass will be painless unless it is infected and will elevate with swallowing because it is still connected to the oropharynx. They may be detected in childhood or go unnoticed until they get infected during an upper respiratory tract infection. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, anomaly of the second branchial cleft can cause a branchial cleft cyst, which may also present with a neck mass. However, this mass will generally be lateral rather than midline and does not move with swallowing. Answer choice 2, congenital malformation of lymphatic cavities describes a cystic hygroma, which will present with a posterior triangle neck mass that is soft and compressible. Cystic hygromas are associated with Turner syndrome. Answer choice 3, Failure of thyroid to descend is characteristic of lingual thyroids. However, the mass in this disorder is usually found near the tongue base and causes dysphagia for solids. And finally, answer choice 4, 
lack of iodine intake during childhood can cause a goiter, which is an abnormal enlargement of the thyroid gland. However, a goiter will be soft and have lateral wings in addition to the central mass. In summary, thyroglossal duct cysts are embryological remnants of thyroid migration that presents as painless midline neck masses. Next question. A 7-year-old healthy female with no past medical history is brought in by her mother for regular checkup before starting school. She is up-to-date on all immunizations and is developmentally appropriate for her age. On physical exam, you notice that there is a nodule in her midline neck that is soft, mobile, and painless. When the patient is licking a lollipop that you had provided during the examination to distract her, the nodule also moves up and down. Which of the following is the most likely cause of the nodule? 1. Infection 2. Trauma 3. Malignancy 4. Embryologic or 5. Hematologic And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, embryologic. The clinical presentation is most likely a thyroglossal duct cyst that originates from the migration of the primordial thyroid gland during embryologic development. The child in this clinical scenario presents with an asymptomatic, visible, palpable, soft midline neck mass that moves with tongue protrusion. The appearance and description of its movements is classic for a thyroglossal duct cyst, which is an embryological remnant. The correct diagnosis for these masses can oftentimes be obtained from history and physical alone. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, Gerard et al. described that in the third week of life, the thyroid gland originates in the midline at the floor of the pharynx and later at the border between the anterior two-thirds and posterior one-third of the tongue. The primordial thyroid tissue then descends with the hyoid bone and normally will migrate to the anterior-inferior border of the hyoid. On the seventh week of gestation, the thyroid gland is at its final location and the thyroglossal duct involutes. If there are any areas of incomplete involution, a midline cyst or fistula may develop. If the entire thyroglossal duct does not involute and remains patent, a thyroglossal duct cyst may develop because the duct itself is composed of secretory epithelium. In the second citation, Meyer et al. states that neck masses in children are seldom malignant and one study demonstrated that only 11% of biopsied neck masses in children were cancerous. Pediatric neck masses tend to fall into three groups, developmental, inflammatory or reactive, and neoplastic. A mass since birth is usually benign and developmental, such as vascular malformations or hemangiomas. In contrast, a quickly appearing mass may be inflammatory. Neoplastic masses tend to enlarge over months to years, which include lipomas, fibromas, and neurofibromas. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, infection, is incorrect because patients with a history of recent infection may present with neck lymphadenopathy. It can be tender, sometimes bilateral if there is a systemic infection such as an upper respiratory infection, or unilateral such as the case with Bartonella hensley, also known as cat scratch disease. Answer choice 2, trauma, is incorrect. Neck trauma can present as a neck mass particularly if there is an underlying hematoma which can resolve in fibrose over time. Alternatively, trauma may lead to a pseudoaneurysm with vascular injury. There is no indication of trauma or pulsatile masses in this case. Answer choice 3, malignancy is incorrect because malignancy is an uncommon diagnosis for pediatric neck masses. Suspicion may be high if the mass is rapidly expanding, hard, fixed, and irregular. 
And finally, answer choice 5, hematologic, referring to a lymphoma, is incorrect because lymphoma can present as a neck mass. However, lymphoma does not typically present as a midline neck mass. And that's all for this review about thyroglossal duct cyst. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.